Yo, 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 yo. Whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. I'm going to dive right into the quickie today because I just recently received an update on my Tesla. Granted, it's not the only time I receive updates, but I was thinking as I pushed the update in the car, I was like, God damn, this is sweet. I don't know what it is. I have no clue what the surprise is, but it's an update and I'm ready for it. So I hit the, the button, jumped off the car, came in upstairs, did whatever I did, got back in the car, drove away to go wherever I went and didn't even pay attention to what the update was. So then I looked on my phone. I said, oh, the update is a new color option. Now I now have the ability to customize the color, you know, of my screen, move things around. I was like, this is sweet. Like I have a vehicle that gets updates. I think I'm well over 140 plus updates since purchasing this car. And that's what's amazing about owning um, an electric car, uh, and it, at, actually at this point, a Tesla. So I was thinking about like the Tesla UI, the software that that comes with it and how it's changed over time, it's gotten better. They definitely listen to customers through feedback channels. You know, the things that we advocate for, the things that the YouTubers and the community advocate for through forums, those options, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them are picked up and, and, and designed. Um, within the new UI, or uh, and usually they have like this major Christmas update. It's it's called like a holiday update, and it's all type of things that come with it. It's outstanding, and it's all free. You know, you don't pay for any subscriptions or anything like that. Just like your cell phone, right? You get updates and new features each year. Particularly if you stay with that same model that you have, you know, you could continue to receive updates. I enjoy it. Um, but also, I was thinking about like, like. The, you know, I hear folks tell me, you know, that screen is so simple. I don't like how the design of it. And I was like, but that's the part I like the most because it is simple and everything is controlled in this one tablet that's, you know, that's our control panel, if you will. Elon Musk have mentioned many times that all input uh, from humans is error input. So his goal is the least amount of options for you to enter or maneuver or change is the better. So the car can anticipate and do things, you know, for the driver to simplify the driving experience because it's doing it for you or anticipating it for you. I love that about the Tesla. I love it about the software updates. So it's kind of taking a, a totally different spin on a car experience. So instead of you going and buying a model year, 2019, 2020, 2021, you purchase a vehicle and you get updates again, like a cell phone or any other tech and you receive those updates over the air and it's instantly working with the vehicle. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Today's episode, first time buy home buyers mistakes. I'm bringing back co-host brian to this episode yo yo it's gonna be back because like popular demand you know people ask for this guy over and over and over oh, this is the first time hearing that <laughs> so uh brian and i um both have owned properties before so we we decided you know this would be a good opportunity to share some of the mistakes that we made things that we can help listeners actually um consider while you are thinking about purchasing your first home your second home or even third home Whatever the case is, right? Just some options out there to consider. But before we get into it, I want to ask you a question, Brian. What's up? Tell me something you think is true that almost nobody agrees with you with. So one thing, like coming from a Hispanic like background, you know, it's like it's okay to cut off family. You know, it's like yo, like you can move forward without some of these toxic ass people. That's true. That's a whole another episode there. Hey, I, I, I went a little deep, but like, you know. That's a good one. Yeah. I like it. It, it. it is okay to cut off family. It's different dynamics, right? You can't choose your family. Right. Ultimately, we, we want to love everyone that's in our family, even our friends, but there are opportunities in times we just, I'm just going to like step away. It may it may not be indefinite. Right. It's temporary. You know? Yeah, temporary, but cut them off. Yeah, for your own self-growth, you know, sometimes you got to just 
step away. You know, hopefully they grow in the in the meantime as much as you do. So you know what I'm saying. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. But do you articulate why you are stepping away? Like, did you like provide some, or you just say, you know what, I can't do this anymore, and just like back away? Well, my thing is, if I'm stepping away, there's something immature that they're probably doing that they're probably not ready for that kind of conversation. You know, so makes sense. We're not going to dive too deep nah, into that, nah, 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 but nah, nah, um, nah. that's that's I like it. So I'm, it's a new thing I'm adding to the podcast. I'm asking all the guests, returning guests, that question. We'll see how this goes and plays in the future. I'm all about helping others and sharing information. I feel like I'm Obi Wan Kenobi, and if and if one actually if anyone says that I'm not, they're lying because they don't know who the hell I am. <laughs> so in this episode, is all about knowledge sharing exploring mistakes or even perceived mistakes that we both have made while purchasing real estate but before we dive into that section though i do want to like look at what the experts are saying right bankrate.com loan.com and a few others that i looked into that um spoke about like just some common first-time homebuyer mistakes and things to avoid I'm not going to go through this full list or any of the list like deeply, but you know, some things that catch our attention, we definitely want to cover. One thing that I think I made in my, which is actually interesting. My second home purchase was I did look for the home before shopping for a mortgage. And I think that, that, and I agree here, that's a mistake. Like I literally emotionally got invested into purchasing a home to which I didn't even know I couldn't afford right and it's that's a danger right that's 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 like that wishful thinking you're putting yourself out there you haven't even done the due diligence and your financial plan yet yeah, to determine yeah. if that's even you know affordable obtainable whatever the case was right so yeah i definitely feel that was a mistake <laughs> that i made and it was um but but hey we can afford the home not horrible but I definitely agree here that something you want to consider in the future. So um, talking to a lender, sometimes, you know, I think we look into, or we may not even look into, right? We, we just, you know, we we're, con- we looking into a neighborhood or we looking into type of home and we're not thinking about, again, the financial side of it, right? It's almost as if you are in fairy tale land and you're looking at the material side, but there's some other pieces, the financial pieces that are more important before looking out there for that property, that property, right? What do you think about that? No, I agree. Um, you know, like when I first bought my house, I was pretty fixated in wanting to be right by the Metro, you know? So in terms of like my radius, what is, it was pretty limited, which, you know, in retrospect, should have definitely, you know, broadened it because, you know, now that ever since the pandemic started, I'm, I haven't really even been taking the metro at all. Same. So now it's like, it's like that amenity that came with the house. It's like I don't even use, and that money that I put in that house because it was in the closer to the metro, it's like I could have paid that same amount and gotten maybe you know a slightly bigger house with slightly more land, you know, things that you know that basement that I wanted, you know, you know, all these other things that could have come. But of course, you know, I decided to, it was important for me to kind of be by the Metro. Yeah. We're going to dive more into the location part later on episode, but that is definitely, I agree. You know, I'm very close to a Metro station as well and haven't been on the Metro in years (laughs) since that happened. Um, Also, this article talks about like moving too fast, draining your savings. That is important. You know, that's, 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 that's a big one there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I definitely agree. I won't dive too much into this again. We're going to dive into that a little bit later. Uh, being careless with credit. I mean, come on, you made me, that's the first thing you just, you can't be careless with credit. Like you cannot open any new credit accounts at all when you're trying to purchase a home. If you're responsible to kind of go through the whole process of getting a house, like how can you be irresponsible about your, you know, the whole lending process? I don't think everyone knows about all of the full process, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, assuming you need a 20% down payment, we're going to dive into that a little bit as well. Um, also, overlooking VA 
USDA loans and FHA loans? I can tell you, I definitely did that. Always thought that we wasn't qualified for those military or was for someone who, you know, low income, if you will, programs out there. But I feel like, you know, as much as we should educate ourselves, I feel like a lot of that has to be on the type of lender that, or you go through or like the broker. Cause like they should be definitely, you know, giving you every single option, every single avenue to kind of, you know, relay that information that may not be known to you. I mean, like a first time home buyer, like how are we supposed to know, like, you know, different programs. About, True. You know? so. And you're right. A good lender should specify all of that and provide all the information. Hell, even your realtor even should help you out with some of that information. Right. Yeah, too, yeah. A very experienced realtor. Yeah. Uh, miscalculating the hidden costs. We're going to dive into that. Um, and not negotiating a home buyer rebate or just not negotiating period when it comes to the home buying process you know it that's that's very dangerous there like it's always that oh i wish i could have i wish i would have and it kills me like i i could tell you um even purchasing my first home i purchased a condo and i went through a first-time home buyer program and it was great it paid the down payment and closing costs this is in 2020 and I enjoyed the process. It was long as hell, but I enjoyed the process, right? And it kind of prepared me over the course of that year to anticipate some things that may happen after the purchase, right? And so, again, we will cover a little bit more of that. But in that, you know, I I knew about the, the comparative market analysis that's that's done to ensure that you're, you know, you are purchasing and your the purchase price is in line with the neighborhood. Yeah, all the comps. All the comps. And, you know, I, I know my realtor did a really good job. And, but I was really, again, emotionally connected to this place. Yeah. I really could have saved probably between fifteen dollars to $20,000 if I would have just held my ground a little bit more and i think hey you know like i said like like i've said like be, being emotionally attached to anything when it is when it's an investment yeah it's usually the wrong move because yes. like, you know i had that same issue you know you kind of see yourself living in this house this certain lifestyle like all these cookouts and you know what sometimes you don't even get that house Right. Nothing's ever guaranteed in this market. You know? I guess that's the fear. The emotional fear, though, right. is because um, I may not get this house. But, but here's the deal. There are plenty of other homes similar to that one that you love. Yeah, absolutely. Or even that home may still be on the market. And you know what? You know what? This the first home is more than likely never going to be a forever home. Absolutely. Right. Not. I mean, yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some people think that way. And we, I'm definitely going to dive into that later, later in the episode. So you guys got to stick around. Um, so, you know, diving more into this and you know, shopping around for mortgages, I think that is also important. You know, don't just go with the first lender or someone that was referred to you. Shop it around. I know it's painful. You're uploading these bank statements and you're uploading all these forms and proof of uh, finances. I get it. It's exhausting. Just prepare yourself into it. It is exhausting, but it's something you need to do. Put one lender against the other. I think that's important see what type of information they can provide they're willing to provide and you know how willing how are they willing to um garner your your business you know they want you they want your money right that's well hopefully they want your money so what are you going to do to you know help make that happen i think that's definitely important all right so um a few other things that came up you know looking at the different articles that we looked at earlier not fully understanding the different types of loans like we covered. But these next two points, you know, I learned a lot in my first purchase. When I purchased the condo again, points, buying down the interest rate or interest rate to, you know, lower your points of your interest rate. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that information was passed on to me because I didn't know I could do that. I mean, the interest rate at that time was decent i, I want to say well it wasn't at the time decent it was like in the fours <laughs> but um i was able to buy down the points i think to like 
3.75. Again, okay. this is in 2010. Pretty yeah. decent, yeah. you know, interest rate back then. My credit score was above 700, mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't like I was in a slum, yeah. you know, but it was, you know, a pretty decent rate, but I wanted it to lower it because I wanted to keep my payment in a certain sure. range. Sure. Yeah. And so the loan officer going through the whole process mentioned, you know, if you pay this X dollar amount, you can lower your uh, interest rate by, I want to say it's probably 0.5 percentage point um, to lower that rate. Now, obviously, back then I could have negotiated, but I was again going through a first time home buyer program. So maybe it wasn't logical to go, you know, ask for even more um, or they just wasn't providing right. a way to pay down a point. So I did. And it was it wasn't too costly. Mm -hmm in a great you know the big scheme here another piece that part of, that came up was the mortgage insurance again depending on the type of loan you select as well as you do not have to put 20 percent down i know i know i know it's what we're taught put the 20 percent down if you have 3.5 percent you qualify for fha loan and that's all you need because here's the reality you're hearing it from me it doesn't matter if you put 3.5, 10%, 15%. The bank is going to get their 20%. They are going to get the 20%. They're going to, I mean, you pay into your private uh, PMI, your mortgage insurance. That difference of whatever you put down is your PMI over the course of however long that repayment, if you will, period is. And so don't stress if you, you know, you're ready to purchase but you don't fully have the 20%, not the end of the world. Granted, it does affect your monthly payment. But over the course of time, that goes away. That extra mortgage insurance payment goes away. And it's not a number that's just made out of air. If you do the calculations, it's the difference between whatever you put down percentage-wise and a percent that you the percent difference between 20% and what you put down. Right. And so keep that in mind, you guys, when you purchasing a home or, you, you know, just make sure you, um, you are aware that the banks are going to get their 20% one way or the other. No, no, you know, I agree. Cause like, I'm, I'm currently like in the issue where like, not even the issue. It's like, I know my house is, you know, given the market's definitely appraised a significant amount. So like one of my buddies had brought up this good point where like, if I were to like get my house reappraised on top of the equity and the reappraisal, would I qualify for that 20%, you know, of the, you know what I'm saying? Would, do I would I meet that and then have that PMI go away. essentially go away? Yeah. I have heard that you can refinance to essentially get rid of the, uh, the MI. Right. So my thing is, it's like, but I also don't want to trigger something where, you know, because of my reappraisal, it means my, you know, my real estate, my, my, my real estate like, taxes go up as a result of the, you know, the appraisal. True. So there's like a lot of, it's like a kind of, I don't, it's like a double-edged sword. And I feel like I, I need to do a little bit more research on that on my end. Same. I need to as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I got to look into, but the, the fact that it's like, I already have a low enough of a rate. I don't want to also refinance. And there's a cost to it. Right. Refinance is not free. It's not. It's not. You know, Folks I, talk about like, oh, just refinance. Okay. Just give me the, the amount to right, refinance. Right, that's what I'm so I'm like, you know, I don't want to re refinance yet. Oh, well, again, because I, I, I I've already refinanced once, you know, during the pandemic. And you mm -hmm. know, I was able to get a decent decent rate. But I just don't want to refinance, you know, pay the pay pay whatever, pay the broker, pay all these additional fees, only to have like this PMI taken out. When, you know, potentially if you do the math, you know, all these fees, you know, all the, you know, all these extra stuff that is essentially equates to the PMI one way or another. You know, so <clears throat> that's a good point to consider is the amount <clears throat> of the fees that you pay for refinancing versus <clears throat> something's about to here, the actual savings, right? You know, that you will receive. You know, that's, again, running all the numbers is critical throughout the entire process of not just refinancing, but of the home buying purchase in general. And I think, you know, we're very fortunate to be, you know, to have like a, you know, we're good with numbers, you know, so it's like we're able to kind of see that, you know, larger picture, you know, some people don't have the fortunate, you know, they don't, you know, they don't have the capacity, you know, 
if something sounds good, just just gonna go for it, and not necessarily you know do their due diligence and you know do their own like numbers or you know reach out to somebody who is familiar with the you know with the process. Um, ask questions. Yeah. If you don't know, ask questions. I ask questions all the time from everyone. I love having money conversations with people. I think people get annoyed that I have. I like to have money conversations with folks. Right. I love it. I want to talk about cryptos, stocks, NFTs, savings, what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing well with retirement. I'm even thinking about retirement now and I am nowhere near eligible to retire, yeah. right? But I'm always thinking, and it's not money hungry. So I want to clarify, I'm real clear here. It's just preparing myself with the knowledge that I think I'm going to need at some point to make good decisions, you know? So even if you're not in the stage of ready to purchase a home, hopefully this information, you know, you're listening to this information and being able to well, take this information and so and do more research on your own, Absolutely. ask questions, talk to a lender, uh, talk to friends who've done it before, right? I think that's uh, extremely critical. I mean, not all home buying processes are all the same, no, right? Not even in the same like community, if you will. Right. It's right. all different. It's all unique based on your numbers. Right. No, so. I agree. Cause like, you know, out of my group of friends, like I was one of the first to actually purchase a home. And so like, I kind of went through the process. And so I was kind of like resource to them, you know, even though like I, like I, I've had my own, like, you know, my home, I did my own mistakes and that's why I mean, yep. obviously the conversation. Yep. So it's like, yo, like this is what I did. This is like, these are things that I probably would have changed. And, you know, it's just like, it's, you know, there's just a huge learning curve when it comes to buying it. Hell yeah. You know I'm saying, especially when you're coming from either living at your mom's house or renting, you know, or so renting. Like, well, at least renting prepares you a little bit. I mean, yeah. It Ish. Does, right. Ish. Ish. <laughs> you know, it's funny you brought up this. And I, and I say this earlier. I like to share information. Right. I'm big on sharing information. I, re I recall going through the home buying process in 2010. Yeah. And let it, you know, not all of the details, but like explain to my friends, here's some of the things I'm learning, just sharing information so that when they're ready to purchase, oh, I recall Warren going through this or Warren went through this. Let me ask him specifically about this situation. Yeah, yeah. And it was received well for most of my friends, but I also received information where friends were, I like to hide things and let you know, I want to say this but let let their God if you will guide the process yeah. and not share anything right and I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that um, but for me it's definitely it's easier to share information and to learn from others as opposed to going through a process quietly mm -hmm. and surprise I have a new home oh good good job now I've learned nothing from you I've learned no information and I'm not saying everyone has to be the teacher yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but I just find you know one way is a little bit in my opinion different than <laughs> I mean, another I feel like some people like to move in silence yeah and you know that's good and bad because I mean you know, some people are very superstitious when it comes to those kind of things you know what i'm saying it's like no i can't tell i can't let anybody know about my moves but like like buying a house is like a huge move <laughs> yeah also yeah i mean yeah and i'm not i'm not trying to dick on someone's you know way of how they operate right yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah. i'm just it's just my style really works well with sharing information is to help others as well as well as to help myself right if i'm sharing something as a process i'm going through Someone may ask a question. I didn't consider that. Right. Now my brain starts to think of exactly. other options, right? So for me, it's just it's easy. It's great, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, teachers don't. Yeah. All right. So let's pivot a little bit. Um, we're gonna talk about being unprepared while renting, <laughs> and this is really important, guys and gals. So let me clarify. Most renters have a plan to save for a down payment, whatever that level of payment is, right? Whatever percentage level it is. And they definitely know what they can and can't afford. However, it is unclear. This is very, very unclear of what expenses lie ahead when owning property. It's almost like, oh, I can afford X amount per month. And that's kind of it. But all of the other items like increases to your utilities. If you come in from a one bedroom or a studio apartment, 
either utilities were included right. or not included, the cost of utilities in a one-bedroom apartment or studio yeah, compared to you now stepping into a bigger, larger home yep. that you have to heat and cool. So like when I went through my buying process, I asked for the disclosures. Nice. That disclosure, if that disclosure did not have like the yearly expenses, you know, of like, you know, utilities, hot, like heat, air, whatever, AC, like gas, mm -hmm. you know, I just kind of wanted to see, you know, on a, on a monthly basis, like where it kind of averaged. So that way kind of, you know, gave me a perspective as that, oh, I should be budgeting this much. You know, my significant other says like my, my wife would be like taking care of the utilities. I'm like, you know, just having that transparency, like, yo, you think you'd be able to kind of manage, you know, these, these kind of expenses, but like disclosures, like just being completely just read we gotta read all that stuff man. yeah so i didn't necessarily know either that you can ask for the disclosures were provided to me in mm -hmm. the well no i was told i need to pay for disclosures really yeah because i think you have to pay for yeah you have to pay for well in this case it was the condo docs so i need to pay for the condo docs okay. which is 150 bucks yeah. and I, I i feel like the disclosure came with it or it was another process when i needed to request it okay. but my realtor um, went through that process and again I went through a first time home buyer program so they kind of walked me through all of that yeah, yeah. and I did get a 12 month disclosure mm -hmm. of the utilities you got 12 months as yeah, well yeah 12 months I wonder can you ask for more than 12 months that I'm not necessarily sure yeah I feel like you you may not you may not be required to yeah. think but like you know as soon as you're selling that house it's like yeah you gotta it was definitely important to look yeah. at the utilities when I got the disclosure I said okay now here's the difference with was provided to me for utilities for energy purposes they did uh, i forgot what it's called you know you have like the the fluctuations i'm not even sure what it's called yeah. you have um well you normalize it right because you know in, in the winter time it may be well, depending on where you live so here in maryland because it's, it gets cold um, during winter time the your energy consumption may be higher yeah, but yeah, usually it's higher yeah. than it is in the summertime yeah. so with the previous owner of the condo i had they normalize it, whatever that's called again. And it was a similar rate mm -hmm. throughout the year. Yeah. So it wasn't bad at all. I did not do that. I moved in. I paid whatever it was because it was, you know, upwards of two, almost $300 a month, depending in the cold months because yeah. the, the condo was not well insulated. Windows, all that Windows stuff. were yeah. horrible. Um, but during the summer times because the windows were horrible <laughs> i was able to pay like 40 to 60 bucks yeah so i mean that's a big difference yeah it's a huge swing um but i learned you know over time like how to maneuver and manage all of that so you gotta close some vents and like leave some open like try to finesse it right <laughs> i mean wearing <laughs> fleece and high socks and everything in the home oh, long, john's. <laughs> long john's also the fireplace really helped too that was that was terrific of having it um so utilities increase again mortgage insurance you're not paying renters insurance usually and it's hella cheap yeah. if you are paying renters insurance but you know you're dealing with the insurance portion of that you know you're not considering that in that total amount but you should um depending on your location big time flood and fire insurance now i grew up in new orleans hurricanes happen all the time New Orleans is also below sea level. So the state, I believe the state offers, the state or FEMA, one of the two through the federal government here in the United States, offer flood insurance. And in some parts of the country, you can get fire insurance. So all of those things are also important, but that's above and beyond your normal insurance. Those are things to consider, you know, that's hella important. I mean, I just feel like you don't even have to be in a flooded area. I mean. Look you just have to have like you know a home that's below grade like yeah i mean i was it this past summer or the summer before it was just like we had like a torrential downpour and all i remember is hearing like you know stories of apartment i mean uh, just like just houses basements just being flooded everywhere i'm just like just because like the amount of rain that was coming in in such a short amount of time it was just like yo it's you know there's the rain like there's there's no way for the water to escape. nowhere for it to go and right so that's like the one thing i'm like kind of like do i want to i want a basement but is it really necessary i don't know 
I keep going back and forth about having a basement. Yes, you want a basement. Come on. I, I, I do. You I want do. a basement. Yeah. I mean, just again, above grade, like you say, and your house is on a hill. Oh, we're not like it's it's not a hill, but it's it's on a hill, but I don't have a basement right there. It's yeah. on a slab. So it's uh it does have a crawl space, and because it does have a crawl space, you know, those floors get cold in the wintertime. Can imagine. Can imagine. You know but I mean, a place like yours, if it did have a I mean, you, again, those are the type of things you have to be exactly. concerned with. Yeah. Um rain one, runoff the location and all of that um you know granted the builders now you know taking into consideration all these different factors so you know if you're looking for something newer it may be covered those are the questions you definitely want to ask mm -hmm. if it's an older home again you want to ask that as one of the first questions you want to ask definitely flood zones um another piece to consider is big time here furnishing your new home right some folks want to get in that home and they want to have it perfect. They want to have their friends over and they want to show off their great home, which is outstanding and great. I would say mistake. Man, Don't furnish Jack. Know what you do? Do what we did. Housewarming party. <laughs> Why decorate the whole home, get everything you want, have it all fancy and have a housewarming no the point of a housewarming is to obtain the gifts and to have others show appreciation and support of you in your first home or your second home or whatever it is right use the services of your friends and family what's wrong with you i mean hopefully it's gift cards you know sometimes that poor taste so we know about that right oh uh, well so you, i you i knew like about a that registry or something like yep that? Oh, so okay. since i knew about that we went and did target mm -hmm. and amazon gift cards from target our gift cards from Amazon and we put some stuff not a lot of things and we didn't want to go too expensive on things I think the most expensive item we had on there was maybe 130 maybe 180 bucks I, I think you still have the candle that I bought you for the housewarming right it's, it's right here <laughs> it's like two years later that candle is great by the way it's I think it's um Midnight Forest, Midnight Forest. Target if you haven't smelled it Midnight Forest at Target. It's not a plug. Target's not sponsoring this, but it smells legit. In fact, my uh, stepdad and mom called and said, what was that scent that you had? Blah, blah, blah. I said Midnight Forest at Target. Okay, we got it. We're going to get it now. It's not cheap, though. It's, I mean, it's, it's relative. It's relative. <laughs> it's not cheap. But the the idea back to, uh, to the housewarmings, you know, the whole point of that is to kind of govern what you're looking for. You brought up gift cards, right? You need money, right? Yeah. You're gonna need, but go to places that you you shop the most, or places that you like. Don't go any place outrageous and look for items that cost a thousand dollars. Know your friends and family. Now, if your friends and family can afford that, consider it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if they can't, you know your friends and family, right? You know, twenty nine bucks here, thirty nine dollars there. It things that up. you know, it all adds up to stuff that you don't have to pay out of pocket, because again, these are the costs that you need to consider when purchasing a home do not walk in the door and then you get oh i gotta buy window treatment look this thing right here behind me was fifteen hundred dollars for this now granted it's a blind yeah. it's bifold it's automated and also can you know it's used with alexa and google so it's great but that that's expensive and that's for one you just had a curtain let's try it that's tacky no and I'm also bougie. Um, so, <laughs> but I'll say, you know, definitely guys consider using, it's not, I don't say using, that's actually a bad term there. Allowing your friends and family to support you in your new home by having a housewarming, set up a registry. I'm telling you, you will thank me later. Set up a registry. It's awesome. And in fact, guess what? If all the items are not purchased on the registry, doesn't matter. You still know Things you need. The things you need. And it's all there and it's organized for you, right? Yep. If you scatter brain and unite as organized, guess what? Your registry can be your organization too. That's what that's the one thing about like that's refraining me from, you know, actually getting a big house like for our next house. It's like, I don't want to furnish it. Yes, you do. That man cave will come in, you're gonna I mean that man cave will come, but I'm telling you like <laughs> and that's why we're you know, right now it's like you also gotta strategize. It's like, it's like all right, well. You furniture in your current house. You got to also kind of make sure you get like decent pieces that you could move to your next home, and you know, just that. Oh, that's source. You know, damn, we break up a good point. That's a 
if you're a long-term thinker like me or, or, or like Brian here or a long-term thinker in general, like you may want to consider that. Like, hey, this is my starter. I'm going to buy this furniture that can be utilized in multiple different spaces because we move into this joint after the condo. Literally none except for the stuff up here. In fact, in, fact, in fact, only those four pieces right here. Yeah, yeah. I can actually think of my whole head here. Uh, the bed. Yeah, it's like, you, know, you got a guest room. Five know. items came <laughs> I'm saying. from the condo to this home. Everything else is new. Yeah. Because it didn't work. It looked like a damn college pad with mismatch items. Yeah. It, we set it all up and we was like, oh yeah, it looks good. Folks came over, oh, I love your home. And we're sitting back saying, this shit looks tacky AF. What the? We got to get new furniture. The thing is, it's like, you get, like, someone who, like, you know, only the people who've, like, actually moved and bought into, bought a new house, like, understand struggles. Yes. Of, like, being in a home or moving into a bigger home and just, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of working yourself up to, being able to furnish the entire place. You got time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. What are you in a rush for? You have time to furnish that home. And trust, like, you buying a home is a flex on itself. You know what I'm saying? And if you're trying to flex, don't. I'm joking. Look, do you, do you, do you, do you? You want to flex on a home? You want to flex on your car? I don't give a care. We have one life to live. Do it. But do it smartly, responsibly. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here. And after the break, we're going to dive into some more tips. All right, guys, smart tips we want to provide to you. Now, Brian and I talked about this a little bit earlier. We're really going to dive into it now. Yeah. First tip, you know, I would say, uh, this is tough for me because this, this it gets into the emotional part of it. And you kind of want to avoid that as much as you can. But after you talk to your realtor, not realtor, sorry. After you talk to your mortgage professional, the lender, and you are aware of your pre-approval numbers, you have a desire to stay within this dollar range, you have all of that set up, and you're ready to go out to start to look. I'm telling you guys, I made that mistake once. I purchased two homes, condo first, sold the condo, purchased this home, and I actually made mistakes in my second home purchase Then I did not even make in the first time. Um, I'm gonna tell you now, after you get a pre-approval, location, location, location is important. Brian talked about living near a metro station. I live near a metro station and it is absolutely important at the time. But what if stuff changes, right? Consider all of those things. Don't buy because it's cheap. Well, I'm moving down south. Or I'm moving to Georgia. Or I'm moving to Texas. I'm just calling out those states. Nothing wrong with those states. But it's maybe perceived as cheaper than living here in the DMV, which is Washington, D.C., Maryland. I have a coworker who moved down to Tampa, Florida. He said his house in Tampa costs more than his house in Northern Virginia. And I was shocked. Where in Virginia was he living? I do know. I do know. Uh, I need a Potomac Yards. That's maybe wrong. Potomac Mills. I have no idea. Uh, 95 South. Oh, so that's way down. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, this guy purchased even more. Now, <laughs> this is no plug again, but after, after watching Sell in Tampa, you know, I see where these houses cost a lot of money. Um, but this guy paid more money, right? So do not assume cheaper is better, right? You have to consider school districts, quality of living, and other aspects when you think of your location, right? You're not purchasing a home because, oh, that house is cheap. You're purchasing a home that you want to live in. Again, it's not your forever home, but it is your first home. And you want it to be something that's quality and something that you really will enjoy. And then lastly, that you mean you want to absolutely be able to sell this thing or rent it out. So consider all of those options as well. Yep. So for me, your desired location after pre-approval is hella important. One of my like I, one tip I got is just you know when you go on Redfin or any of these uh, 
you know, real estate platforms, those calculators can be somewhat deceiving. Joints are wrong. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you'd be like, you start playing around with that to make it work for you, but it may not necessarily be, you know, it may not, it's not going to work because it definitely doesn't take into account, you know, like expense, uh, any sort of additional expenses. Just yeah, like the, the taxes, basics. the insurance, none of those things are considered. Right. Just like the basics, though, you know, so uh, stay, refrain from that. I mean, if you do use it, it's definitely a tool that you can definitely use to, to your advantage, but don't get don't get too caught up on it because it, it will kind of lead you down a path and you're like, yeah, you know, what? I could. I could I could, I, could, I could finagle another hundred thousand dollars no the hell you can't you know it's a tool like you just said it's a yeah. tool it's part of the package right something to consider not to base your decision on desired house in a bad neighborhood i mean if you have kids you i don't know if you can even consider that right you I know mean, take that house that you're looking for and find the right neighborhood my, our neighborhood isn't necessarily the best it's not neighborhood seems pretty quiet i don't know cynthia has been telling me some stuff on the neighborhood at that, that oh you guys in a facebook back. group oh the cynthia's all into that yeah she's into the those people thing. are annoying yeah, in the facebook groups like i mean they're part annoying but also part the shit is hilarious like i'm i die laughing yeah, and there's yeah. times where renee tells me put the phone down because i want to reply <laughs> so bad so bad um just stuff that people say like who cares i won't go down that rabbit hole but yeah definitely you want to con you know think about the neighborhood now again if you have kids or if you're concerned with crime rates right. there are ways and resources out there to research and, and you definitely want to look into that and like you said you know like we, we've been saying this it's like first home is in your forever home you know it's like just just uses as a stepping stone to kind of work yourself up you know if you do plan on having a kid just you know, make the right moves, find a way to kind of get into that neighborhood you want to get into, that elementary school you want your son or your child to go to, you know, take your time too, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 so I'm with you on that. It's important to to keep that in mind, your first home. Yeah. If you you guys have, you know, don't have kids just yet, but you're planning on having kids in a while, you can move into that first home. That may not be in the greatest neighborhood, but it's a good home and it's a good investment right. for rental or for, for future... Um, if you want to sell a, a property, but consider staying there for, for a period of time, five to seven years. You know, your kid come at some point halfway down the line, you know, it's like three or four years old now. And now, okay, now I need to consider moving into a different location. You know, I'm smarter and wiser in this home buying purchase process. Yeah, let's just say, you know, this home that you currently live in is not as expensive to, you know, like you move into a nice neighborhood, but you, just, you still have a few years once this kid is born, you know, put them into good preschool, you know, kind of, you know, have that excess funds to kind of um, do extracurricular things with, with your, you know, your young child. Right. And then move into the... You don't have to rush into it. I think that's the theme here is you don't have to rush into anything. I feel like if you guys don't haven't taken anything from this conversation, do know this. Slow the hell down. You don't have to rush to do anything. And the unfortunate thing is that these low interest rates, the market's crazy. And, yeah, you know, that's and, true. And people are just going crazy for this yeah that that is true i mean you do want to take advantage of hella cheap rates yeah. but if you're not ready don't rush yourself i mean rates there are ways to you know there are different market cycles right mm -hmm. we this all of these ups and downs recession talks this stuff happens all the time right so you can't predict it you can't predict it so at some point you know give it some time wait maybe wait three to five years you know, the rate to be reasonable at that point. Again, you can also buy down your rates depending on how, how far it is from where you want it to be. Right. So, I mean, there are options out there. Please consider all options. Um, another piece as it relates to interest rates is your credit score. Um, now obviously, you want to have the highest scores possible. Um, I am going to give a plug. I am going to do a credit score episode called boosted credit scores okay um it will come out april 11th and i'm giving a plug for it now i'm going to dive really deep into the credit scores and the credit score you know the ways to help improve it i have i'm not gonna call myself an expert here but i can tell you i have experience <laughs> i 
100% have experience for of a for, worse. for both. <laughs> From a credit score being in the dumps, and dumps, I mean in the mid 500s to mid 700s. Yeah. Legit, I've experienced it all and I've done it twice. It's no joke, man. These credit scores are. <laughs> Your report cards of, you know, adulthood. Shit, it's a goddamn social security number at this point. Um, again, that's April 11th. Please join me on that episode. I may even try to do that one live as well. Um, so credit scores is absolutely dependent. There are different ways to increase it. Here in the state of Maryland, I don't know if you knew, but if you go through a credit counseling service or a, it's not like a repair service, but one of those services that can help you know, look at old items on your report and help you work to get those things. Well, not really you. They will work on your behalf in some cases to get it off. I actually use one of those services and I think it was like $50 a month. The state of Maryland requires those companies to continue to provide service free of charge six months. I think it's three to six months after your, your contract ends with that particular company. That is awesome if you live in the state of Maryland. I would say wherever you live, look into items such as that, right? Your credit score may be good. It may be 700. Let's get that credit score to 800. You can still utilize that service to remove some items off or even just inquire um, through the different bureaus and to help you boost that score as much as you can. Um, Definitely, guys, consider doing that. Um, I know we talked about like renting and owning, but let's really dive into it. Right. So there are times I hear people say, well, I don't know if I want to live in this area forever. And I, I, I chuckle, I laugh a little bit, but I also cringe. I'm like, you said it earlier. No one is living in any home. I think the day in today's time, it's not like previous generations we're not purchasing a home and staying in that one home for life right you know people i think somewhere i read where people are moving between i don't know i want to say it was 11 to 14 times in one person's lifetime which is we think about it that's a lot but when you think about it we all do it it's moving from your parents home to college if you go to college you know it's all those different movements right that you have in life so when you're purchasing a home, you're not staying in that home forever, right? So when a renter says, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be in this house forever. That's fine. Don't be in that house forever. You know, there's an advantage of purchasing a home versus renting, right? To me, the biggest advantage is you paying it to someone else, someone else equity as a renter mm-hmm. versus you paying it to your own equity as an owner. You know, some people don't even see it that way. Like... Some people just, you know, it all comes, it all comes down to flexibility. Explain. I'm saying like a renter, mm-hmm. somebody's renting it. They know they, they just like the flexibility of being, you know, getting up and leaving, you know, you know, you're not tied down to necessarily, you know, this, this, you know, 30 year, 15 year, whatever you might be on when you own a home, you know, it's like, and they're content with that. You know, it's not, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, your, your way of thinking is very like traditional, you know? And I feel like this day and age is like, you know, all these people are so used to just hopping around and just, they don't necessarily want to be tied down and they're okay, you know, just spending that money and just go, making it like just it going towards rent. But I'll tell you what, renting this day is expensive, man. One of my, Very expensive. One of my buddies, you know, I was, I was in the downtown Silver Spring when I met one of my buddies and he was telling me a two bedroom, he's paying $2,600. Yep. I was, I was, I was just like, there's no way, like twenty six hundred dollars, and you're not even in the city. Is it one bed, two bedroom apartment? Two bedroom. You could probably have a four bedroom home yeah, in different parts that, of the. That's that's like a five hundred five fifty, you know, hundred thousand dollar home. Right. And it's just, I, I was just, I was just like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, Dude, but to your point, you say earlier when you say, you know, someone don't want to be held down for thirty years. I think that's the mindset where, I hope people can change that. You know. Don't think of you being in that home for 30 years. Yeah. I don't be tied down. Two years, I want to move. Guess what? Rent out the house in two years. Sell it in two years. Sublease it. Whatever you want to do. There are options out there. I'm not saying it's all easy, but there are other options out there yeah, no, to no, consider no. as opposed to, I want to just get up and go. Now you put two years, 
you, as, as one would say, you were sold two years of equity in this property versus now you just paid off this developer's next property. You know, those things to consider, you want to be flexible. There, there are flexibilities when owning a home as well. Right. Um, so don't be afraid to step out there and, and purchase a home. You know, I have a friend purchased a home in a not so desirable neighborhood, like I said earlier, but the potential to make profit was there. Yep. This friend saw that. And so the rest of us didn't see it because we wasn't living the, the process and living that experience. This friend, I mean, almost doubled the investment in a short period of time. And I mean, this is, I don't know the numbers exactly. It probably was three to four years of living in one property. I'm like, this was insane. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of those like, so someone, I have a similar story where I was like, one of my coworkers, she was, uh, she was looking for like a split level home, mm-hmm. around, like, you know, Silver Spring area. And this one, I would say maybe like a mile or two down the road from me was available. And you know me, like, I was just like, yo, I just saw, I, you know, I'm constantly just going through Redfin's just kind of seeing, you know, what's out there just for the sake of looking. I mean, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> you should, So you do that? <laughs> yeah, I'd be window shopping. You know, yeah. I mean, I ain't, I'm, I'm not even looking for another home. I'm literally not looking for another home at all, but I'm always looking like, hmm, what is that out there? I'm not going to lie. Like so the, the whole buy, like house buying process is kind of like fun in a way. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, it's kind of addicting. You know what I'm saying? I enjoyed it. Um, when, uh, so like, so we were looking at this, sorry, this like one split level home. It was awesome. It was like completely like remodeled, had split level, had two kitchens for like an in-law suite and stuff like that. So I looked at like the history of the house. The house was bought March 2020, right at the inception of uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do squat on that house for a year and a half, sold it for 110 more. Wow. 110,000. Because he knew. He knew something was happening in the neighborhood or but this is seller's, seller's market so he's just like yeah i gotta hop on that yeah i would have done the exact same like that's a hundred grand just like i wonder you know if you ran those numbers to see 100 grand instant profit well minus fees minus fees uh, probably be come around like maybe like 70 but even right or or the 100 grand was after the fees right depends yeah, right yeah, yeah. run the numbers to determine 100 grand here depending on the person's age 30 to 50 years of owning or renting out that property, would it yield more than a hundred grand in terms of gaining, you know, renting out the place or, you know, equity will continue to rise at some point in smaller rates. Yeah. And also, you know, being able to, to bring in revenue. I, I definitely think those op- items are something to consider yep. even when you're purchasing first time home buyer right you may want to rent your basement or you, like you say split level or someone wants to even rent homes like duplex homes yep, right yep. you live in one side rent out the other side all of those things are to be considered when you're purchasing a home that i didn't even necessarily think about but you know don't make that mistake just kind of run the gambit of all the different options out there where you are considering you know the possibilities right roommates if you will you know, renting out bedrooms. You know, I know folks who do that as well. Yeah. Um, they set up really structured lease agreements. Like those individuals are renting the room, not the home. There's a difference there, right? So when they come in a home, you know, you, you have access obviously to the kitchen and other parts of common areas of the home, but essentially you are renting your room. Everything you need is contained there. Your restroom is next door, next door, whatever the case is that you may share with another renter in a different room. But, you know, whatever type of leasing agreement structure you want to have. So there's a lot of options I'm telling you guys that please, please, please consider when purchasing um, first time home buyers when you're trying to purchase a home. I definitely think location after pre-approval is paramount. Location to me is important. If you have kids and family or plan to have future kids and family, don't stress so much on the perfect location right now. Because it may not be your forever home. You have time to move on to a different location. I agree. Any other things that renters should consider? Because I have one more. Go ahead and say Go ahead. Because let me lean right so real quick. So, you know, when I was going through the first time I went by a program, you know, what I loved about that program, I believe it was NACA, N-A-C-A, that I went through. It was a one-year program. 
So I had to like successfully navigate that program for a year before I could purchase a home. I appreciate that. It made me wait. It helped me develop a plan and strategy. The most important part that I really enjoy, and if you guys take this down, the desired mortgage payment, right? It's, it's just a number. <clears throat> and your current rent. Whatever the delta is bef between those two, save that every single month in a separate account. I had never considered that before. Now, this is, again, this is for those who have the down payment ready to go, set aside, that is totally different. This amount is not for the down payment. This amount is to make sure that you're comfortable while renting, ready to handle that mortgage, that desired mortgage that you're looking for, right? Again, you may not even be pre-approved for this number, but you set that number in the parameters based on what you think you can afford. And this program also kind of sort of validated that number a little bit. It was outstanding. So for a full year, I was saving that additional amount in a in my checking about well, my savings account because they have to see they will check I believe every three months or so to look at that number and ensure they would look they would definitely look at your bank statements yeah. to ensure that um, those funds were there. I think that is critical for any renter. So a couple, I guess I have a couple tips too. Um, I feel like don't be so bogged down and what like you know i know your parents are going to be involved in this process you know it's like oh yeah it's like this house is too small like this is that it's like yo get what you like but also within reason um one tip i would say it's like you know try to you know working out a at a real estate development it's like um price by square feet so mm -hmm. you're saying yeah you know what i'm saying something to look into um and you know if you've been saving uh, um you know up to this point you know we've done a couple episodes between like iras and 401ks and stuff like that there are programs there which you know you can use some of these retirement funds as a first-time home buyer hell yeah yeah so definitely it's like you know if you have an ira you could withdraw that, some of the funds there and if you and without penalties so that's something to actually look into as well yeah don't touch your 401k though is it 401k i don't even know it's, I it's like not, it's, the, it's, the, is it a roth then with Roth is different, yeah, but well, it depends on what how they invest it. But you know, do not. I'll say this: do not touch your retirement plan if there are fees associated with it. Right. Correct. Stay away from it. Don't do it. Yeah. I say hell yeah earlier because I agree. I used it twice. Oh, really? Purchased hell a condo. Yeah. I used uh, my retirement plan, and when purchasing this home for down payment. But the unique thing with my retirement plan is. It allowed me to pay that dollar amount that I borrowed back into my own account with interest. So I'm paying myself back with interest and no penalties, no fees. I think the application fee is 50 bucks and that's the only thing I pay. That's it. You're literally paying yourself back with 2% interest and you're still contributing to the, the account, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not stopping my contribution. No. I'm still contributing to the account. I'm also paying myself back that portion that I borrowed with 2% interest. I think it's outstanding program. You know, if your retirement program have something like that, please consider it. Um, but if it does not, and it's a fee, do not consider it. Do not touch your retirement plan. Do not touch your money there. Let it stay there. You would need it as you're older. All right, Brian, anything else you want to... No, man, give out to the good people the good listeners who are here on the podcast i see we have six people joining the podcast no, thank man. you guys for joining a live session today i think i'm good i think we've uh, touched all bases we absolutely did all right but all right so good episode good chat um for those who are on the live stream please consider downloading the um golden beans and donating those golden beans uh to this podcast i already see that we have some pie beans donated earlier and thank you uh jimmer time thank you for donating to the uh the podcast again remember positive energy leads to positive vibes if this is your first time joining no pants required consider subscribing and joining us for future episodes i am excited to share information with you guys and i hope that you're excited to learn but also joining the live streams or reaching out to me via email or through social media that is x3c at instagram please consider sending me questions or any ideas that you may have episode ideas or any questions you may have uh, again i'm here to share information and i'm also here to learn 
No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace. Later. Thank you.